grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us this day is the gospel lesson read previously, thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, today's gospel lesson picks up right where last week's gospel lesson left off. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples on Maundy Thursday. Within just a few hours, he is going to be betrayed and arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And within 24 hours, he is going to be tried, convicted, and crucified. Last week, we heard how Jesus talked about his relationship with us, saying, I am the vine, and you are the branches. We heard how he commanded his disciples to abide in the vine and said that those who abide in the vine would bear much fruit. We also heard him describe the Father as the vine dresser who prunes back the branches so that they may bear even more fruit. Well, today it's reasonable to ask the question, What exactly is that fruit that we, the branches, are to be bearing as we are connected to the true vine, Jesus Christ? And in our gospel lesson for today, Jesus identifies three different items of fruit, love, obedience, and joy. In other words, Jesus expects to see the fruit of love, obedience, and joy on us and in our lives, branches that are connected to him, the true vine. But before we talk about those individual items, we have to get a couple of things straight. First of all, we do not produce that fruit on our own. And second, we are not producing that fruit so that we may become connected to the vine. In other words, We're not trying to work our way onto the vine. Jesus addresses us as people who have already been connected to the vine and are connected to the vine. It is totally the work of our God through the water and word of baptism that we are connected to the vine. And it is the continued work of God in our lives that allows us with his help to bear fruit, and that fruit is also evidence of the fact that we are connected to the vine. The first fruit, then, that Jesus expects to see on a branch that is connected to him is love. Jesus says in the gospel lesson, this is my commandment to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And he goes on to say also, even as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. It is that love that flows from the Father to the Son, and from the Father and Son to us, and from us to others around us. It is that love that moves us to take our eyes off of ourselves and directs us to see our neighbor our neighbor who might be hurting, our neighbor who might be in need, our neighbor who might need help. And that love moves us to do a lot more than merely see our neighbor who is in need, 
That love moves us to take action. Self-sacrificing, self-giving action. We self-sacrifice our time and our effort to come to the aid of our neighbor. At times, it might even mean canceling something that you have planned, something you've planned for a long time that was going to give you much pleasure and happiness so that you can spend time with your neighbor. Perhaps they're just listening and praying with them in their time of need. Today, as a nation, we pause and give thanks and praise for that person in our life that exemplifies that self-giving, self-sacrificing love, our mother. You will never be able to remember, you will never be able to calculate all the ways that your mother sacrificed for you. And like God's love for you, you would never be able to earn or deserve that love. It is merely given. There was another example of that self-giving, self-sacrificing love that took place on October 2nd, 1954, as First Lieutenant James Conway took off from Boston's Logan Airport. He was flying a plane full of munitions, and not long after he took off, he lost all power over the Boston Bay. Immediately, he had to make a critical decision. He could either eject from the plane and save himself, but if he did so, the plane was heading directly for a crowded neighborhood in the east part of Boston. The other alternative, crash the plane into the water intentionally, which would certainly take his own life. And amazingly, he chose the latter. He chose to crash the plane, direct the plane into the water, taking his own life, but sparing the lives of so many others. It is that self-giving, self-sacrificing type of love that comes from a heart that considers the needs of others to be more important than our own needs. Someone once wrote that the measure of love is how much we are willing to give up for it. And God so loved you that he gave up his own son for you. Christ so loved you that he gave up his own life for you. He says it in our gospel lesson, just hours before he is going to fulfill it. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what he went on to do to voluntarily and willingly lay down his life for you. The greatest, highest, supreme example of self-sacrifice. But of course, it's more than a mere example. It is what has reconciled you to God and put you in a right relationship with God once again. This is my commandment to you, says Jesus. Love one another as I have loved you. And the second fruit that Christ hopes to see on branches that are connected to him is obedience. Now, I know that word obedience can stick in the throat of many a Lutheran. We don't hear it much in our conversations. We don't hear it much in our sermons. 
We are so afraid of veering over into works righteousness that we entirely neglect that word and resist even saying that word obedience as a part of our Christian life. And yet the concept of obedience runs through both the epistle and the gospel lessons for today. Jesus, for example, says in our gospel lesson, if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, even as I keep the Father's commandments and abide in his love. That word for keeping the commandments means not only to obey them or to conform your life to them, it also means to hold fast to them and to cherish them. And there is a real connection between abiding in the love of God and cherishing His commandments. It is only after we have been grafted into the true vine of Jesus Christ that we cherish His commandments, that we want to do what pleases Him with the help of God as a result of what He has done for us, how He has loved us, and what that love has moved Him to do. And just as Christ cherished the will of the Father, so we also, who are connected to the vine, cherish the commandments and the will of the Father. And with the help of God, seek to do them, however imperfectly, day after day in our lives. The third fruit that Christ hopes to see on the branches that are connected to him is joy. He says, I have spoken these things to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. Christ is the source of our joy. And that joy is much different than worldly happiness. You see, worldly happiness is almost always connected to the circumstances in our lives. If we are having a great day and everything is going our way, we probably are very happy. But the very next day, when everything is going wrong and nothing is going our way, we might not only be unhappy, but even depressed. The joy that we have in Christ, however, is not connected to our worldly circumstances from day to day. In fact, sometimes our joy in Christ exists in spite of the circumstances we find ourselves in, in spite of the disappointments, in spite of the frustrations. That joy in Christ is something that no one can take from you because it is founded on the fact that God loves you, that he, for the sake of Christ, has forgiven you all of your sins, and that all of this has come as a free gift from him to you by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And this joy in Christ is something that never will change in your life because, as Scripture says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This joy in Christ is not something that we manufacture on our own. It is given to us as a free gift by God. And these three things, this love and obedience and joy, work together so well in our lives as Christians. 
There is joy in loving God and loving our neighbor. There is joy in serving God and serving our neighbor. And yes, there is joy in keeping the commandments of God. And so with this attitude, may the vine dresser, our heavenly father, keep us connected to the one true life-giving vine, Jesus Christ. May he continue to nourish us with his means of grace, his word and his sacrament, so that we might bear abundant fruit as his disciples, so proving to be his disciples, living a fruitful life full of love and obedience and joy. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.